Hello and welcome to your Sports Memo Podcast. I I, compl- I totally apologize to people who are subscribers to this podcast that we've not had um, episodes lately. But I'm back. And this time I am back with a bang. I am back with the Super Eagles and Glasgow Rangers um, defender Leon Balogu who joins me on the line now. Hey Balogun, you're welcome to your Sports Memo podcast. This is actually your first, your first episode on this, your first appearance on this podcast, Leon. I think so, yeah. Yes. Think so thanks for having me. Finally, <laughs> after all these years, I'm, I'm happy that I, I'm happy that I qualified. Someone to your show. I didn't qualify for the World Cup, but I qualified for your show. This is your fault. You're the one that's not been available. You've been, you've been too busy. You've been busy going all about. Um, Scotland and Europe um, qualifying for the Europa League final. Talk me through this. How does it feel at this at this stage of your career to to um, to be in them um, to get through you know the knockout stages of um, you know I know you footballers you know how it is for you when you um, you go from the group stages sometimes you get tired of the matches. And then from there, you get into the knockout stages, you get into the quarterfinals. Then it begins to get really serious. Um, and then bang, you are in the final. How does that make you? How does it feel? Can you talk me through this? Um, well, it's a very proud moment, I guess. I don't guess, I know it's a very proud moment. Um, you mentioned the group stages. I think in the, at the start of this campaign, it didn't look all well for us, you know, because we lost the first two games. Mm. It didn't look too good. Well, we managed to get out. Um, then had this big, big draw against Dortmund, yeah. which we, who, who we knocked out of, of the, that was the first bang, really. And everybody was yeah. like, oh my God. Exactly. You know, and then, exactly. and, and then you just started to believe because you would think about, okay, who else could you get? Mm. And we got Red Star Belgrade and we all knew, okay, this is something mm. that is achievable, you know. Yeah. You, those are not Dortmund. They're, those, they are a good team, but we can make it. Mm. So, got that out of the way. Um, had another difficult draw with Braga. Uh, loads of the players knew them from a few years back. Okay. Um, but also, we knew that this is absolutely possible, you know. And the, the belief would would just start to grow with each and every single match especially when we played away from home first yeah. and knew that we had to bring it or could bring it back to Ibrox because yeah. we know this is a fortress and with the with the supporters in our back those European nights they're very 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 special um, I said it to you before like in order to understand what's going on you probably can hear the noise on the TV yeah and if you have been to football stadiums before and have watched games on TV before, you understand how that translates, but you will never understand what it means, what it feels like to be in that stadium if you're not. It, it's just, this atmosphere is just something different. So, yeah, we always said that we need a good result and then take it to Ibrox. Mm. And that's what we've done so far. And it's just for me personally, um, I mean, you yourself, you know a little bit of the about the ups and downs in my career. So this is another big um, up. Without me saying that I've won everything or anything yet, but obviously, if we would, 
in the end really win the title that would be a massive massive achievement probably the biggest of my career so far and I mean you know I'm not the youngest as well so yeah. um, it's a privilege to, to experience these kind of moments these kinds of events um, at an advanced age as a footballer yeah you know you, you mentioned you mentioned Ibrox I, 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 I always I when you follow football for as long as I've, I've followed the sport and you read stuff I always hear how players always used to say if if we go away we'll try as much as possible to get a good enough result to bring them back home and Rangers players always, I when, when Ali McCoy used to play for Rangers um, one of the long the, the best runs that Rangers had in this tournament was in mm-hmm. 2008 when they made um, yeah. when they made the final and lost to Zenit St. Petersburg I think it was that they lost to um, um, Ashavin and the rest they, 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 they lost to them he I remember during that run they always used to say if we can just get back to Ibrox I'm sure our fans yeah. will take us home and I, as I said to yeah. you earlier I, I, I saw photos of him um, I saw videos of that last week Thursday and I was like wow for your as you said for your experience what just, can you describe try see if you can describe what the atmosphere is like at Ibrox It's just crazy. It's incredibly loud. You feel this energy that the supporters bring because literally they're willing to give their last piece for the club. That's how much they love the club. And you feel that, the passion. Mm. You can just feel it. And it, if, like, if it's the league, you will feel a difference because you're expected to win every game. Right. But in Europe, mm. the fans know, okay, you know what? You're going to meet heavyweights potentially yes. so the, the guys need us we cannot have the same expectation in Europe you know okay um, but at the same time there's this pride that we are Rangers that we we fear no one mm. um, and it's just what comes like we 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 wind up the fans and no wind up is the wrong word but they we, we, we kind of we feed off of each other you know because right. if we start to get if we start the game fast Yeah. All of them will be like, "Yes, come on, the range." It's just they scream and they they just push and push and push. You know just how fans get excited, you know, and try to push their team. It's just the way those 50,000 is everybody is involved no matter where, everywhere. Everywhere. So, and it's always full. So this energy you feel it. Mm. So you know as a player on the field, mm. this gives you that extra motivation, it gives you the extra push, it gives you that extra passion that extra like you're willing to suffer yeah. so you go again and you go again so and then if we do well mm. it excites the fans so they feed off that yeah. then if the fans get excited and push us on for clap applaud us for good action yeah. celebrate that we feed off that so it's kind of a perfect symbiosis you know yeah. so especially if, if things go well for us if things go our way mm. it's just something we just gain momentum it creates momentum And I think this is something that it can be quite intimidating for a lot of teams, even though, for me at least, if I play a game, I kind of zone out. I'm just focused on the game. But still, it's such a force. It's like, as I said, you need to be in there to really <laughs> fathom what that is. It's just, I remember after the final whistle against Leipzig, mm. um, 
it was over, you realize you won. Then you have again that Ibrox roar. Just when, like, when we scored the third goal, it was insane. You feel like the seats are coming off. You see the, you see the fans singing their songs. You hear them sing their songs. You, you see them doing their chant. There's one called this bouncy. Yeah. So everybody's just bouncing. It's like a wave of people it just goes up and down and up and down, and they sing bouncy, 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 la 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 la. It's incredible. It, it's just seriously, Kelvin. It's I can try to describe it to you, but you have to witness because it's. I can tell you all the things I can describe with all types of words, but the energy that you get in there, that you, that you feel in there, you need to be in there to, to realize. I've seen another video on Twitter. You, there was somebody filming Ibrox Park from, I don't know, maybe 200, 300 yards away. Yeah. And you could hear the fans, how loud it was. Oh, from outside. outside. It was from outside. Wow. So that person was filming the stadium and I, I don't know if it was when we scored a goal or if it was after the final whistle but mm. it, it's so it's incredible it's so 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 loud um, yeah do you know there's this you, earlier this season it's, this season you in one of the old firm matches where you played as right back I still remember and you won man of the match I remember that game when yeah. I that Sunday I thought to myself oh there's an old firm derby game. I changed the channels. I said, let me let me wait. Then I saw the pitch, I saw the lineup. And I was thinking, oh son, Leon is playing right back. He doesn't like playing right back. And I remember saying to my, <laughs> I remember saying to my wife, Leon is playing right back. And he hates playing right back. And then you ended up playing. It was awesome. You put up such a fabulous performance in that game. And, and then I, I experienced the fans that day because they they saw you guys across the line. I believe in that game. Did you were you feeding feeding off of them in that game because you were playing right back also? Um, you always feed off that, you know. Like I think one 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 thing that I'm quite known for is my slide tackles. Yes. Um, so I've put in a few of them. Early on, mm. not not on um, not to not to somehow like get the fans going. Mm. Even I do know that they like a proper challenge, you know. Mm. But it was just I thought because the the guy I played against uh, Kyogo, he was very hyped at that moment. Yes, he was. There was he was lots of love mm. rage around him. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So I was actually looking forward to a really tough day. Because I know players from Japan, I played with a few in my career. Mm. They normally they bring loads of energy. They they just as long as they're on the park, they just run and run and run and run and run. It's like it's not easy, especially him. He's, he's smaller than me as well, technical. So I thought, okay, this is going to be really, really challenging. So it was just one of the first moments where I just slide tackled, got the ball off of him and you know that gives the, the energy the fans give then you know like the whole stadium goes like hey yeah. so obviously that motivates you but then let's not forget the days when I've played reg- right fullback mm. on a regular basis those are long gone it was a long time ago so, so, so I'm not used to the type of running you have to do in the position anymore especially the way our captain uh, Tavernier plays it. Mm. it I, I'm, I'm playing the, I'm, I'm playing the position completely different. So it was just, yeah, I was getting, I was getting tired at one point. I was really, really <laughs> suffering after the match. I was 
tour, I was so, so, so tired. But um, <clears throat> obviously, especially when you're tired and then you bring in a good challenge or they, the, the fans feel it, you know, they push you on. So they it, obviously you feed off of that, you know, and you feel like, okay, you, you cannot let them down. You've done so well all over the game. Mm. So you cannot let them down now. Um, I, I guess it's the same for every player in, in that particular game. It was me, I think. Um, and definitely the last five to ten minutes, I was cramping up, up. But I just said to myself, you have to keep on going. You have to keep on going because of COVID and injuries, there was no one else. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I was really pleased. Then at the end of the day, I didn't even know because... Um, I was, as I told you, I was exhausted. I was blowing. <laughs> so when I heard that I'm actually man of the match, yeah. I was just like, oh, wow. Because it, it's special to get that kind of appreciation in, a, in an old firm, yeah. um, which is very, very, very special to the fans. Um, and it takes a few things, like it takes a bit to, to get that, I think. Mm. Uh, if you're here, if you come to this club um, as a new player, you have to adapt to the whole culture, to the whole rivalry. And... So it was a huge, huge honor for me. When when Steven Gerrard told you either the night before or that morning that you were going to play right back, what did you think? He never told me because he had to isolate himself. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> so when did he, he find he just, out? Um, no, the, the day before in training because um, I remember at that time we had to even change in our indoor hall because of the whole COVID. social distancing and stuff. Okay. And Connor Goldson came to me. I said, bro, I will need you tomorrow. I will need you. He said, bro, you know, I always got you. No worries. He said, no, I need you on my right. I said, what do you mean? I need you. You need me on your right. <laughs> What's going on? Are we going to play a back three or something? And then he was like, no. And he was laughing because he knows I didn't fancy it, you know, because I had to play it last season a few times. And it went well, but still, always, I, they, they asked me afterwards because... They're like, oh, how do you like it? How do you like it? You, you can run, you know? Say, so, yeah, I know I can run, but trust me, the days where I have this energy to just keep running, it, they are over. So <laughs> he, he knew from last season already, he, he gave me that, like, that little cheeky smile. I was like, no, bro, you know what I'm talking about? I said, nah, I couldn't believe it. I was like, what are you talking? No, you're lying. And then he was like, no, bro. And he, so Nathan Patterson was at Everton now at the time. Yeah. He was the, the league for some ridiculous reason made him a close contact to someone because of the travel we have done a week before yeah. and just before the old firm they decided that he has been a close contact and now that he has to isolate he had no he wasn't ill it was just it was just completely bonkers and nonsense but that's how I found out and then um, the the gaffer Stephen Jarrett he just texted me that morning like bring your attributes Speed. Um, what else did he say? Speed, um, power, agility, dynamic. Like your just the power you bring, mm. and something else. Like I could find the message now, but um, and be the best version of yourself. That's what he texted me, really. Yeah. <clears throat> and then, um, yeah, the rest. Yeah, when everybody who has watched the game uh, knows it went quite well. It did. It did. <laughs> when when you. When you, when you get home or when you retire and you look at some of the stuff that you have and then you see this, the man of the matter award from that game, it would make you smile, yeah. wouldn't it? Always. I have it. Like, I have a little room where I have, because I'm a big 
fan of sneakers. So mm. I have a room where I have some jackets and my sneakers and there's some little collectibles in there. And I have the, it's there every day I see it. When I, when I choose a pair of, of shoes, um, I see it every day. Yeah. And it always makes me, but it, make, it doesn't make me, it's not that it makes me smile so much. It makes me really, really proud because I know the expectations in an old firm mm. are even higher than in every other league game and yeah, probably in every other game that we play anyway. Mm. The expectation is just massive because of the rivalry. You're just supposed to completely make everybody forget that that the other team even exists. So to get that, um, to get that reward, to get that um, appreciation is massive for me because I mean, there's loads of players who have played for this club before, and as I said, this, this game is so massive. Um, and then to get that playing out of position, it's mm, yeah, it's huge. It's it. huge. It makes me re- yeah. it makes me really it makes me really really proud, you know. Yeah. Um, because as I said, the expectation of our fans is just insane. Sometimes it's just so it's so big, and then to be able to not just match it, but pro- probably in their opinion to exceed. Is it Excel or Exceed? Uh, whichever, it's fine, Exceed. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's just massive. But, uh, it makes me really proud. It's, um, because this is your first time on the show, it's, I would have to probably back up a little bit. You, how, when you joined them, um, when you joined this football club, did you, mm-hmm. did you have a full grasp of how big football club is no I didn't this is another thing like everybody always tells you mm. um, you will only understand once you once once you come here mm. um, and I do understand it now you have to be part of this club in a way you have to be involved um, in order to understand how big the club is <clears throat> mm. um and then you, be, you become a part of um, the team that finally brings the title. Yeah. So to to do that in that year, which was so massive, and in my first year, mm. um, insane. And you, I, I got an idea then of how much it meant to people. By the time it was becoming clear that we we're going to win the league, yeah. It's just as I said to you, the, the people they will give everything for this club because they love it so much. And you will only understand it if you're actually involved properly, you know. Mm. So you have to go to games, you have to live it a little bit. Otherwise, you will never really understand it. It's something you, you think you can imagine, but you can't. Yeah. It's just impossible. Yeah. Because, you know, many, many years ago, um, I think it was the summer of um, 97 when um, Teddy Sheringham joined Manchester United uh, from Spurs. <laughs> after being a regular for England and all of that and I, and I remember um, he made a he made a comment in an interview he said that that Sir Alex had told him at the time that you're joining a very big football club and then being a brash London guy he thought all of that but uh, after that first season that he remembers thinking this is a huge place it's a huge club so you you sound in the same way that yeah you probably heard that Rangers are a big club but until you get to play for them and live in Glasgow you will never understand how big it is. 
You will never understand. Or if even even for people who who support the club, they will understand because they know how big the following is. We mm. have people everywhere, all over the globe. It's in, it's incredible. And this is what I learned. Then you know, I'm still learning actually. Yeah. It's just insane. Just just after that match on Thursday, I went to. I, I was with my agent um, because he came to watch the game yeah. and I had to uh, refill my my car. I needed some gas. So I stopped after the match yeah. and I happened to run into three Rangers supporters yeah. who, who drove up all the way from Coventry to watch the game. Right. And I mean, you, there's people all over the globe, but to, to drive up on a Thursday... Yes. And then drive down the same night because they have to work the next day again yeah. from Coventry, yeah. which is not exactly around the corner. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's it, it's a fraction, you know. Mm. Um, but also these, also these these people may, will they will make you understand how big it is. They always say you don't know what it means. You don't know what it means. Just earlier today, I brought out my my bin for trash collection, yeah. um, and I saw it because they were supposed to come tomorrow. But I've seen them outside, so I told them, please wait, I'm going to get mine out now. And then he was like, oh, yeah, anything for you, big man. And then he spoke to me about the European final and said, oh, you don't know what it means. You don't know what it means. They always say it. And that's also due to the, to the, um, to the relegation they were forced to. Um, yeah. I don't know how many years ago yeah, now, but, yeah. but I think... So when they went all the way down to the fourth division, yeah. which is just... Is they've been through so much because it's it's more than a club for them. It's like family. It's like if something happens to Rangers, yeah. if something goes doesn't go well for Rangers, it hurts them physically. I think that's that's my take on it. It's just there's so much passion, so much love involved, and um, yeah. Do you again? Yeah. This is this is um, this is by South of the Do you wish that you had probably joined this club a lot? It'll be earlier when you were younger. Um, yes and no, because I don't know if I would have brought the experience and the ability I have at that mm, stage. Mm, um, mm. But at the same time, um, I think you always, well, usually you adapt um, to a challenge, you know, yeah. and then you rise up to a challenge. So that's not too much of a concern. And therefore, as a younger player, if I look at uh, Kelvin Bassey, for example, look at what he's experiencing now. Everybody's always talking down the Scottish League, but then at the same time, it's not as bad as people think. And to actually be able to adapt to the challenges that you have up here, yeah. it's not that easy, especially playing for, for one of the two teams, yes. one, some of the two big, big clubs in, in, in Scotland. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, definitely, because I think what it has installed in me is like, or what it has brought out in me is like that winning mentality. I had it in me before, but it wasn't triggered like that, you know? Here you have to, there's no choice. There's no choice. If you don't, yeah. if you don't, if you don't adapt to it, if you don't, if you don't live up to it, yeah. you're just gone. You're just, you're just out, finished. Because there's enough players who are willing to give everything and make sure we win. Mm. So, I think it's, it's it's great for for young players. Um, you will have to you will have to adapt a little bit probably if you come from abroad. Yeah. But um, I think, yeah, it's, it's it's mixed feelings. But I would definitely would not have um, I wouldn't have had anything against it if I would have been here before. Yeah. 
when when um, <laughs> that final game last season or the, the game that uh, made um, Rangers champions and here you are Leon Balogu you finally have a league winners medal can you try and talk mm-hmm. me through that how you felt uh, it wasn't so much the moment when I received the medal because that one came with a big delay <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, indeed, it? it was just more, it was more about like lifting a trophy um, just knowing like you're number one you know you've mm. won it and in a very in a very very meaningful competition as well or or in a very very meaningful rivalry because it's really just us and them yeah. so no massive it took me a few days actually to realize you know I'm 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 a flipping champion now. Yeah. And just the just the just the feeling, just knowing I can call myself that on top of that, invincible. Mm. So we go, because we went unbeaten in the league. Yeah. Um like Arsenal in two thousand and four. Yeah. So it was just it's 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 just an re, it's a really proud feeling that I have about it. It made me really emotional and um as I as I told you, like I've no, I haven't told you before. But I mean, I'm playing football for now almost 14 years professionally. Yeah. And you put in so much work. And I think I've been through a lot of years where I felt like I was not appreciated enough in clubs that I've played before. Yeah. Um, I should have received maybe a different sort of recognition. And it's kind of like a reward, you know, for always um, taking up with that and uh, taking one on the chin again, you know. Mm. So and to 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 become a champion as an invincible in that manner, we we've, we've done it last season. Also having a great European run, it was just fantastic. Yeah, you touched on something that um, we've talked about privately once in a while, um, a few times. What what do you think when you look back now? What do you think um, went wrong at in your with your Premier League experience? At Brighton, if you were, if, if Leon Balogun was given the opportunity to to go back in time, what what would you do differently, if anything? Oh, that's a good question. This sounds really bad, but maybe I'm, I might I might have smashed somebody to force their way into the team. <laughs> no, but then again, that, that's that's not me, you know. Mm. Um, I couldn't. It's, I think, and I mean this with no disrespect to anyone. Yeah. I think my first manager was just, yeah, he was just afraid of of trying something new. Um, I remember having a conversation with him where he said to me, "It's not because I made like a mistake against Chelsea. I think that led to a two 0 um, despite that, still had a really good game, you know. Mm. But um, it was just where well, he said it's not about mistakes. The other ones make mistakes, but he just said he he trusts them because he has been playing with them for so long, and that and he pretty much told me there's not really something I can do. So that was that, and I think that did not help me in terms of um, the next season. Mm. And then that that new manager just never really gave me a chance. Just never really gave me a chance. That that was pretty much it. So I don't know what I could have done different because I think my my work ethic is always good, has always been good. 
um, I'm not trying to badmouth anyone, but it pretty much was just, I, I just didn't get a sniff. I just didn't get any chance. Um, and I, probably the manager just didn't, didn't fancy me the way I play whatsoever. I mean, at one point he told me that he thinks I'm the, that every other defender is better than me. That was the moment that where I then went on loan to Wigan. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, w- I w- just would have wished I would have been told this early on. Um, because first, that would have made things right. exactly yeah. um, so that, that's pretty much it but other than that I don't really know because everybody I think who knows me I'm not somebody who, I'm not letting myself down in training or anything that, mm. that's not that um, yeah so I wish things would have been different I think I definitely deserve to play more games especially in my first season yeah. Um, but yeah it, for whatever reason it wasn't meant to be you, to be fair, I still have the, I still have the picture on my, on my phone. Um, it's part of everything. You have a cracking Premier League goal in a, in a derby against Crystal Palace. Yeah. <laughs> so, I just remember how, how can tell me, talk me through that goal. I mean, for somebody as big as you are, how did you manage that? It was so natural the technique that you. You employed, considering that that was probably your first touch in the match. It was my first touch. Look at that. I I, I just come on because Shane Duffy yeah. uh, got, got booked with a red card for mm. violent conduct. Mm. So, um, yeah, I got on for the corner. Uh, Solly March kicked it, I think. And now I, I attacked the second post. But the ball was quite low, so somebody put his head on it, and I just kind of tried to anticipate and read the ball. So I dropped off, and it bounced in front of me, and I just tried to hit it cleanly. And yeah, the rest, again, is history. Um, I think it made me the second fastest uh, sub scoring a goal. Um, I don't, yeah, back then, I don't know, um, there might have been someone else by now, but. Yeah, I think before the number one was Sterling or Sturridge, I'm not sure. Right. Um, yeah. I didn't know that. So that, that that was that. And when you ask how it came so naturally, well, because I used, I, I started as a striker when I was nine years old, so maybe it's the, it's the striker blood in me, you know. My, my favorite player is also, or my all-time favorite player is also Thierry Henry, so I had a good role model. <laughs> Ah, from that height, I'm afraid that we have to, we have to plummet. We really have to plummet down to um, March 29th, 2022. Venue, Abuja, <laughs> Nigeria. Yeah. I, I was just telling somebody, just a few minutes ago before I called you, before we started this, um, this program, uh, somebody involved in Nigerian football and I was telling him that I actually have zero idea about the work of groupings none, I don't, I don't know anything about what is going to happen in Qatar because God knows I have not recovered from it and I didn't even mm-hmm. I didn't even play how, how have you been able to deal with this 
Well, I had to play in Old Firm a few days later, so there was no not too, there was not too much time to actually feel sorry for myself when uh, it was a tough night. It was very very hard uh, the immediate moment just after um, because yeah, I don't think I'm gonna be around the national team for the next World Cup, so that was probably my last chance. Um, Therefore, I was heartbroken for myself, first and foremost, uh, for my teammates, <clears throat> obviously for all the fans, because we all know how much football means in a Nigeria that is very chaotic, um, that seems very unstable with a lot of issues, you know, politically, economically, there's always something going on that just makes people unhappy and this football is the one thing that always unites the people that makes everybody happy um, and then we did not manage to to actually achieve our 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 common goal and to give Nigerians something to look forward to you know mm. with joy so that was tough um, but then again it's football you know and yeah. it can always happen so as much as I do understand all the sadness and frustration um, I'm not a supporter of the things that happen afterwards. I'm not a supporter of all the abuse players receive, managers receive, because for me, it's a sort of entitlement that I just don't appreciate. Because if if everybody would... Because you, you see some criticism, constructive criticism, what do we need to improve? That's all fair enough. Mm -hmm. But I see so much people just ranting and bullying and they feel like they deserve to, you know? And I'm like, you don't deserve any of that because you don't do you do sacrifice in life. Yes, you you struggle, you have problems, but you don't go through the things that the footballers go through in their personal life. You don't do the sacrifices that they do, yeah. and therefore, just I sometimes miss a bit of common sense in that, you know, yeah. and just like empathy, because just because the footballer is privileged and whatsoever, that does not give anyone the right to just go after people and threaten their families, threaten them, all these kind of... This is all nonsense to me because at the end of the day, everybody wants the same. Yeah. So you might as well keep supporting and um, yeah, be constructive in your criticism, but don't start to all these hate speeches and bullying because that's for me, that for me is just nonsense. Um, yeah, that's, 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 that's just something I had on my chest. I always have on my chest when I see these kind of things, but in order to deal with the defeat, we all gonna suffer again. We all suffered probably when the when the draw came out, when the group or when the groups were drawn, and we all will suffer again mm. once the World Cup kicks off yeah. because we were supposed to be there, but we're not. I, I what you 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 almost became the poster child for this um, uh, for the loss because of your photos. I, I I remember where I was standing in the in the. Um, on safe media tribune in the stadium and I, I do remember that I was just looking down on the pitch and I was looking at you when you were flat on on the on top and mm -hmm. I, I, I everything I felt I tried to um, look at the players you and your colleagues and I, I, I in, in me I knew straight away that whatever it is that I'm feeling you guys are probably feeling 100% worse because 
you have been you have been you you sweated blood you sweated that that is exactly the point that I'm always trying to make when I was just addressing the the fan and supporter situation that's mm. exactly the thing it's it's fascinating to me when I see how much we make somebody suffer and then I'm like yeah but do you know that I suffered one on the times worse than you because I'm on the pitch mm. I'm the one playing actually you're just in front of the TV or in the stadium or whatsoever mm. I am on the pitch I am trying to be there <clears throat> I want to participate and I'm not going to get the chance to yeah. you know so it's ex- it's exactly that and yeah as you said I was weeping I was just weeping on on that I just sank down on my behind and just I was just weeping on the pitch it was too much for me to handle in that moment that was really really tough Do you remember any other time on the football pitch that you felt like that Has there been I know that there were a few players around me um I think Jordan Ayew came and tried to just, he just told me it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. Tried to get me up, but I just didn't want to. I just wanted to sit there and, uh, yeah, get out, like deal with the emotion, go through the moment. Because um, I think also that's important, you know, as much as it hurts, but you have to live it, you have to go through it. Mm. <clears throat> and um, that also helps you digest, you know. Yeah. You have to allow that sadness. You have to allow that frustration. I would be concerned if you wouldn't do it because then either you're trying to hide something or to just like bury it under whatever mm. or you are not involved enough. And if you're not involved enough, then you probably should not be on the pitch. So, um, yeah. Like a, like a Have you ever felt like that before after a football match? Yeah, when we, lo- when we got knocked out by Argentina. And and then at the beginning of this season when we uh, when we lost to Malmo in the Champions League qualification as well. Right. Oh, why do you remember that Argentina game? Oh my God! I remember where I was standing in the media tribune, Leon, for twenty minutes. I did not move. I just stood and I was just watching. I was I was transfixed. I could not believe that that we lost that game yeah. that late. I'm like, no. But you see, you see how life is. We would give anything to lose in the first round again in Qatar, wouldn't we? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, God. You made your national team debut um, back in 2014. So, mm-hmm. you that's like eight years of being in the national team what mm-hmm. if you if you if there are things you could change in the way um in in the stuff that went on um into this 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 um playoff with Ghana what, what 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 would you what would you differently? Before you answer that, let me say, let me let me point this out that personally, I I, I have all always worried about, especially after watching that that match. Within with an hour to go of the game, in my view, at least four or five of the players were shot physically. I thought it was too hot for you guys. 
So I had always felt that because we have a predominantly European, European-based players, that matches of this nature, we either take them to the cooler regions like in Uyo, or if we were going to play in Abuja, we must have we had to play at night when it's a lot cooler. Do you do you, do you share that? Do you think you would have you guys would have reacted better if it was if it was cooler? Maybe, but then at the same time, Ghana had to play in the same conditions, and I don't think that all of their players were used to the heat. You know, um, so yes, you might you do have a point. But I don't think that in the end this was the um, decisive factor. Okay. It wasn't. Um, I think Ghana were just they 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 were really really set up for what we were gonna gonna do in the first game. I don't think that we shocked them or troubled them at at any point. I don't think so. Um, it was pretty much we equalized each we equalized each other even though I feel like they were probably better you know they looked more dominant that's mm-hmm. what it felt like to me on the pitch mm-hmm. but we managed it and at the same time we were away so you know with how, how the football is in Africa if you if you play at home your fans expect you to go after the opposition so it was more on them but in the second game then I think we started well we conceded an, an early goal yeah. uh, which we should not have conceded that way but um, I think we had a good reaction before the before that goal. Even I think we were the stronger team, yeah. but then with a few tactical changes, Ghana managed to um, yeah keep us at bay really, um, and that was it. I, I felt like we never really found the right question to ask of them again mm-hmm. in order to make them scramble. You know. Yeah. And then in the end, we just were chasing and chasing and chasing. And there were a few moments where Victor had a few shots, the bicycle kicks, and that um, I had a header that yeah. I think the, 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 I think I think I think the goalkeeper actually drove, or he he was diving past the ball. I hit the ball, and then his arm was still stretched, so it just hit the back of his. I don't know. So, but there were no cut clear chances, mm. and at that point, is is from. Yeah, I'm like, you know what? We, yeah, they've done a better job than us tactically. They, 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 their, their little adjustments in halftime were enough to keep us at bay and to keep us quiet because we never created the same threat again that we created in the first half. And probably we should have exploited the opportunities we had in the in the first half. We should have made more out of them. Um, and then the game could have looked different, probably, because I think at one point we had them, especially after we equalized. Yes. Um, but again, we did not cre- we didn't create enough threat. So um, I don't know if, if your question was targeted towards the build-up to the game or just it. in the game. All of it. The yeah, I mean, um, no, I think to be fair, um, I, I need to remember. But I think it was it was it was it was it was actually all right, you know. Yeah. I've had I've had I've had loads of moments with Nigeria with the national team where I was like, no, this has nothing to do with any sort of professionalism in terms of the preparation. But I think this time actually was quite well. We had we had a good hotel. Um, 
the one in Ghana was not great, but that does not come down to the to the to the NFF. I think that probably yeah. that was just what Ghana, what Ghana was trying to do in order to I'm weaken sorry. us or whatsoever. Yeah. Um, you know, just those mind games and everything. Mm-hmm. But no, I think in terms of preparation, everybody knew what was at stake. Um, yeah, as, as I said, it then it comes down. Then I, I think we got beat. Like the, their coach has done a really good job. Um, it's, he's a tactician. I think. I mean, I knew him from Germany as a player. Yeah. Um, used to look up to him because he was one of the first black players in Germany yes. that stood out to me. He played for Dortmund, Otto yeah. Ado. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And even speaking, I went. I went over to the dressing room after to congratulate them. Um, and, and even spoke to him afterwards a little bit and he said listen he admitted like first half I thought we were really in trouble and he said he needed to make that change to a back five in the second half because he needed to keep us quiet and that's what he's done and it was enough so yeah we had no, we, we had no reaction to that little adjustment that he did tactically I said that before and I think that, that would have been a game changer where we could that was our only chance really you know but at the same time, we—I mean—we've been chasing because we only we 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 played a goalless draw, you know, yeah. away. Yeah. So, do you, no, you that's that's maybe you, that's something maybe the the African uh, countries should have protested. Why is because everywhere the away goal rule got scrapped apart from Africa. I don't know why. Yeah, it's calf calf never scrapped it. That's that was, that was a, actually a bit. Uh, it was a bit ridiculous for me because I was like, what? But yeah, I mean, what is done is done. Do mm. you know what you know what you know now? Do you do you think that if we had um, um, raw in charge, getting raw in charge, do you think things would have turned out different? I cannot tell you. To be very honest, I wouldn't. I don't know. Mm. Um. I really don't know because also for me it was the first time under uh, Iguabon yeah. so there seemed to be uh, not a hype but some sort of fresh air to be around the team you know okay um, and he like Iguabon he, he was very very relaxed in his ways in terms of how he would address everything which I thought actually was brilliant because he he, he tried to just um, keep the pressure at a very low volume he played himself yeah. he knows that you have pressure always anyway from yourself from the from the from the circumstances yeah. so there's no need to create More additional pressure. pressure I think yeah. he's done I think he's done really well when it comes to that okay. by just um, trying to put our minds at ease but yeah I don't know I mean he played in a certain way which made him successful during the AFCON mm. um, I, but I really don't know I really, really don't know. It's, it's a tough. It's, it's a tough ask, to be honest. Mm. Um, because under Raw, we played a certain system, pretty much all the two systems, or mainly one system at uh, most of the time. Mm. Um, I don't know if he would have done something differently, if he would have adjusted different. I, I really cannot tell you um, because I think he looks at he refers to himself as a bit of a tactician and trying to read the opposition and everything but then again we had uh, Coach Amonika we had somebody there mm. who's also always from from all the meetings we had 
he always he also seemed like somebody who's very into tactics and analyzing. As I said, it's sometimes it's in-game adjustment, you know. Mm. And I think that's just that's where Ghana has beat us. Um, because we didn't have the right they we didn't reacted. have the right reaction. Ghana reacted properly, but we it looks like we didn't react to their own reaction. Exactly, that's the thing. That's that's why in that moment, it's just. What 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 are we gonna do now that they have adapted to our threat, to our, to our to our game plan? Mm. Because we we have changed our formation before the game, um, and to be fair, the, I spoke to the coach afterwards, the Ghana coach, and he said to me he expected us to play the same game, uh, the, the same the same formation. Um, he he said that, but then he thought um, he was thinking about us maybe changing, but he thought now we're gonna play the same. So that's why he then adjusted in, in half time. Mm. Was was um, Wilfred Didi a really big miss in your view? Yeah, definitely. Because I mean, we all know his qualities in terms of breaking up the play, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and also just being being um, available, even though I don't feel like. This is not what we, what we miss really, but mm-hmm. he definitely would have given us a bit more st- stability in in, in midfield. Because mm. for me, um, the players that that played, I think Frank Onyeka has done has played a really good game in the second leg, especially. Yes, his injury. Um, I, I believe so, his injury was was a factor in the way we played in that second half. That, that, yeah, that, that was a big blow, yes. definitely. Um, because as I said because Ghana was not pressing us really hard you know they were letting us come a little bit and at the same time we pressed them really hard so for so as much as Wolf is always missed it didn't feel like it too much you know because we especially in the second in the first game we missed them badly I feel badly Yes. but in the second game because of the dominance we were able to create it was not that bad because um there was not in the in the second half maybe a little bit, but we played with quite offensive players in midfield, yes. and that helped us actually going forward. So, um, but but for the team, he's always a big miss as a character, yeah. especially on the field. Like he probably would have helped us in the in the in the first game to have more balance in midfield, and um, yeah, to to be more dominant, you know, because it does something. It does something. He would have been able easy, easily as well to, to match up with Party, you know, to keep him at bay. Yeah. And that's what, because they just constantly popped us and switch play, switch play, switch play. We needed somebody like Wolf in that, in that first game for sure. And in that second game, not even trying to, to diminish him or anything. But it wasn't as, it, we, it wasn't as felt as in the first game, simply because of the way we then played. So what next for, for, for Leon? Um, club-wise and even internationally, any news you can break on this? On this, your well, club-wise. <laughs> yes. Uh, for me, the main target now is becoming European champion and uh, also winning the Scottish the Scottish Cup. That would be my first double, actually. Mm. But as I said, to become how many people, how many players do do get the opportunity to win the European League final, you know, whether that's the Europa League, the Champions League or the uh, Conference League. Mm. It's very, very, like, it's rare. And normally, it's, 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 there's a few usual suspects, you know, yeah. those, those favourites. So, to be in that position now, 
it's just something we we everybody is on the same page we have to exploit it and i know frankly we will think the same but we will have to make sure for ourselves for the club to, we have to make ourselves immortal at this club you know last season was the class of 55 if we could if we could achieve that now that would be so amazing and it would it for me personally it would mean so much to go down in the history of this club as a european cup winner um because in this club it will just never be forgotten you know and it will always be it will always be um, regarded as so highly so that's and we need to make it we need to make it and then i don't know what the future holds yet um my contract's up in summer with the glasgow rangers yeah. so absolutely would love it to stay here longer mm-hmm. um so we have to see how that goes and in terms of national team there's qualifiers coming up yeah. um I, as I, said, i would have loved to play a world cup again that now is uh, out of the equation so we'll have to see there's a few young players coming through i i still think i'm good enough i'm fit enough <clears throat> um but yeah maybe there's one maybe there's a few thoughts about looking at it again <laughs> reconsidering because it's very very um time and time investing um or time consuming yeah and um it takes a lot out of me you know and I'm also you know I'm living far away from my family so these things as I get older um they just come to your mind more and more especially after covid where you are hardly able to travel um but yeah no next thing next thing is is qualifiers for sure mm. need to make sure that we qualify for the afcon <clears throat> that's a must <coughs> and then let's see excellent this thing I, I would, who knows? I, I hope I'm able to come to that final in Sevilla. Um, um, see if you can make that happen. Um, and um, I wish you, I wish you the best in that final, and I wish you the best in the um, Scottish Cup final. It would be absolutely fantastic you. for you to to retire with. Hey, it would be great. Imagine leaving um, Rangers with. A league winners medal, a European a Europa Cup winners medal, and a Scottish Cup winners medal. Uh, you better yeah. just quit, just retire after that. So, <laughs> are you, you going yeah, to <laughs> talk that? Yeah, that's that's true. That's true. Yeah, but no, I I still feel like there's a few good years in me, so I'm not finished yet. Excellent. Listen, Leon, thank you so very much for for being on your Sports Memo podcast for the first Thanks time. Thanks for having me finally. <laughs> this is this is <laughs> on you, not on me. Listen, it's been it's been brilliant and um um I I hate what will happen in December and November when the World Cup starts and we're not Nigeria is not there. But what can we do? Once again, Exactly. Thanks Leon. Thank you so very much. And thank you to listeners who all of you who have decided to turn to listen to Leon Balogu and me on this episode of your Sports Memo podcast. Until I come your way in the next episode, this is Calvin Ebekowuka signing out.